and good morning Trinidad and Tobago and welcome to another episode of Strictly Legal hosted by of course yours truly Rondell Donoa that's my name and you are watching WESN Content Capital of course you can stream on www.wesncc.com or you can watch on all major networks now today we have an interesting interesting conversation for you guys out there and many people often dislike that conversation when it deals with preparing a will they often think that it is a matter of death or they are afraid that maybe some family member wants to take their property but that's not the case it's not the case at all particularly at least in my practice um, with the advent of covid you found a lot of persons decided that you know what they're going to take their life and their estate seriously and they would have started preparing wills. Now, wills is not a death sentence. It is not something to fear, but it's something that you have to do in order to fix your business, particularly when you have many family members or maybe you have outside family members. <laughs> so it's important, right, to ensure that you prepare your business and fix it first. And with me in studio today is a colleague of mine, Miss Marissa Bob, attorney at law. She has a wealth of experience in private practice, and she will be joining me in the discussion, speaking about wills and probates, and also the preparation, everything that you want to know or that you need to know about wills. So when we get back from this break, we will meet Miss Bob and we will discuss more. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. So before the break, I was speaking about the importance of preparing a will. And with me is my in-studio guest, Miss Marissa Bob, attorney at law. Good morning, Marissa. Good morning, Rondell. Thank and how you for are you? Me. I'm quite well this morning. Good to see you here. And Thank thanks you. for joining us at Strictly Legal. Thank you for having me. So we're speaking about wills. Yes. And of course, you know, as an attorney, a lot of persons are often afraid to prepare will. Well, I think that's because people don't like to contemplate their death. Yes. Particularly men, I found in my practice, seem to think that they will live forever or, on the contrary, they think, I'm going to die sometime. Whatever happens after I die is whoever survives me business. Um, so they don't really, there's a, a reluctance generally to do a will. And I'll tell the public, what is a will? Because a lot of them think that a will can be easily made. A will is a physical document in which the intentions of the person making the will are outlined. Those intentions obviously only take effect or are to have effect after the death of the individual. So that, in essence, is, is what a will is about. Right. And what is the criteria for making a will? Well, it's very simple, despite the um, hesitation that people feel or the reluctance that people feel. A will, as I said, is a physical document. There are certain characteristics of a will for validity, for legal purposes. So under Section 42 of the Wills and Probate Act, um, 
a will must be written, obviously. It must be signed at the foot of the will by the testator. And what do we mean by the foot of the will? At the bottom of the will, the testator, which is the person making the will, yes. must affix their signature. And in addition, it must be witnessed by two adults who are able to attest that that is the signature of the person that made the will. And these two adults, as we know, they are the persons who are not beneficiaries of the said will, those Correct. two witnesses. Correct. And many persons may ask, can I prepare my own will? One can prepare their own will. Um, it's not advisable, especially if you are not aware of um, all the items that you would wish to include or all the specific legal requirements for the validity of a will, but there's no difficulty if you have had prior experience mm -hmm. with the preparation of a will or you saw your mother, your grandmother, or somebody do it. As I said, once you sign at the bottom of the will, you outline specifically all your intentions um, and you have two witnesses present who attest that that is your signature by signing after, then there's no difficulty. And you must nominate, uh, uh, sorry, an executor. Yes, no, so that is another feature of a will. You are required to nominate the individual that you want to handle your affairs upon your death so that that person is known as your executor, if male, male and your yes, executrix, executrix, obviously, if female. You can have up to four, the law provides that you can have up to four persons acting together jointly as your executor. You can nominate four people specifically outlined in your will. Now, a lot of persons, that point, is, that point is, is, is a good point because sometimes you find that persons nominate two persons to execute their will jointly. Yes. Versus where you can nominate someone and the ev in event that, that the, the first executor passes, then the, um, the alternative executor, executrix takes, um, takes over. Right. Yeah. So as I said, you can nominate up to four persons to work jointly, or you can nominate persons in, in what I describe as in the alternative. So you nominate one individual as your executor or executrix, and in the event that person predeceases you or is at the time of your death otherwise unable to act because they have some mental impairment, physical impairment, they're ill, or they are out of the jurisdiction and unable to act, for example, then in the alternative, you've nominated another person. I usually recommend that persons nominate someone in the alternative to the originally intended executor or executrix. Because then you see a lot of times that if you nominate persons jointly, then when it's time to administer the estate, there are always some sort of issues. Well, if you do nominate persons to act jointly uh, and an executor, a named executor, decides that they have some difficulty working with the other party, or as I said, they are otherwise unavailable to act as your executor, as a joint executor. They can always renounce their right to the probate, so they don't actually have to apply. But what is important for the purpose of um, actually having your will probated is that there has to be a nominated executor, and that person has to be able to act. So even if you the testator or testatrix nominated four persons. And at the time of your death, because of course we never know when we will die, we, we yes. don't like to contemplate it because we just don't know, it's uncertain. Yeah. 
Um, if at the time of your death, three of the four executors you nominated have, are deceased or out, have moved away out of the jurisdiction, certainly a document, a form is sent to them and they renounce their right to probate so that only one person is actually required to submit the document for probate. And that is where attorneys will come in. Certainly. Um, one of the things that you have to know about a will is that it has to be submitted to the probate registry for a grant of probate to be issued. So in order for that person to have the legal right to treat with the uh, assets, property, or whatever other dispositions you have made via your will, the will has to be submitted for probate at the High Court Probate Registry. Probate Registry. And some persons may ask, okay, what can I put in a will? Can I leave, can I leave my, my dog to the church? Or, or can I bequeath uh, monies to, to a trust fund? Um, what sort of asset-based persons can, can, um, can leave for their beneficiary? Well, Randall, that's a very interesting question. Although the primary function of a will is to dispose of or leave, deal with your assets, your property, real or personal property as the case may be, real property being land, house land, yes. immovable property, and personal property being movable property. Yeah. Um, there are other things, there are other functions of a will, other characteristics of a will. You can, as I said, appoint executors, you can appoint trustees, you can appoint guardians for your children, your minor children, in the event you die leaving minor children. Uh, you can set up a trust, you can make other dispositions in respect of, um, as I said, personal property. So most people think, I don't have any land, I don't mm. have any property to leave to my children, or I don't have uh, children even to deal with. So why do the will? Um, so there are different things that can be done with a will, and people need to realize that the effect of the will only happens after, after death. your death. Yes, and, and that, that boils down as well. If you don't leave a will, or if you die intestate, then the law of succession Yes. Applies. Yes. So if you die without a will, fear not, all is not lost. It just means that a different type of application has to be made at the probate registry. That is an application for letters of administration. Yes. Now many persons will, will come to my office and say that they, while they are leaving their property, let's say to their children, they prefer that the property stays within the bloodline. Yes. And is that something that the law requires, that you cannot sell a property once, once you bequeath it to a beneficiary? Well, if you set up a trust, then certainly you can make certain provisions for that property to stay or to be held by the trust and, in effect, to stay within your bloodline. But the thing about transfer of property or, or bequeathing property to an individual, after you die, that person takes title to that property, absolutely. And just as you would, during your lifetime, be able to dispose of your property by way of intervivos disposition, that is, while you're living. I'm using the Latin yes. too. <laughs> yes. Obviously, when you leave property to an individual, absolutely, they are able to treat with that property as you would, oh, yes. to sell it, to gift it, to mortgage it, as the case may be, because there are different things they wish to do with the property. 
And therefore, I mean, it's always advised that you, you can't, you have to tell your clients or advise your clients that they, that they can't just, um, without setting up a trust, that they can't just decide or, or, or state that the, the property must be left or the property must not be sold. Because once it's transferred absolutely to the beneficiary, the beneficiary can do what they want. Yes, absolutely. So um, the old people used to say that they're leaving this property and it's for their children and their grandchildren children. and their great-grandchildren. Essentially, they think that they are creating that legacy or that trust simply by stating it in the will. But as I have said, unless you actually take the steps to set up a trust, whatever is passed to an individual absolutely by way of your will. The individual, once they acquire title, um, that is by deed of assent, is free to do whatever they wish with the property. There, there's no limitation to what they can do by way of disposition of the property. And when you say setting up a trust, what is the procedure in Trinidad to set up a trust? Well, for that, you will specifically need to visit an attorney, because that's not something that yes. the average layman would be able to do. Um, it is a legal instrument that has to be set up. There are certain statutory requirements for the setting up of a trust fund, uh, or a trust, sorry, um, so that I would recommend and advise that you visit an attorney to set up any trust that you're interested in to secure a particular asset, to yeah. leave that legacy. And what can't you leave to a beneficiary? What, 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 what example of, 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 of assets that you cannot bequeath? <laughs> well, as I said, you can dispose of or make provision for uh, any asset that you deem to be valuable. So it may not appear to be valuable to me, but it might have value to you. Um, obviously, real property, house, land, um, money in bank accounts benefits of life insurance policies, um, jewelry, works of art, motor vehicles, your boat, if you're so fortunate yeah. to, to own a boat. Your pets? Your pets, you can make provision, just as p some people treat their pets as their children. Yes. So that they have set up specific trusts. I have heard of examples of mm -hmm. persons setting up trusts for the maintenance and care of their pets upon their death. Um, or after their death, sorry. Um, anything that is of value to you that you consider to be an asset, you can leave to an individual. Your clothes, your furniture, your antique painting or antique piece of furniture, anything that is of value to you, you can bequeath. And why do you think that a lot of persons prefer to make a will or prepare a will themselves rather than going to an attorney? Well, I think people don't, as I said, like to contemplate death. Or understand. And they don't understand that even after death, if you have assets or you have anything, for instance, let me go back to the question mm -hmm. before. Sometimes at 25, 30, you may not have acquired significant assets in your opinion, but you are aware that there's property that you may come into later on, your aunt, your grandparents, somebody may leave you property. So a will in and of itself by, by virtue of what is called a residuary clause would cover assets that at the time of the making of your will were not in your possession. In, you didn't have title or ownership of it at the time. More likely than not, it's real property. 
But at some point between the, the date of the making of your will and the date of your death, you come into to other assets. This is one of the main things about a will that the layman writing it at home does not does appreciate. Yeah. That there has to be what is called a residuary clause to treat with any assets which at the time of your death, at the time of the making of the will, sorry, you didn't contemplate that you owned, you forgot about, Mm -hmm. or you appreciated that you didn't own at the time, but you would come into ownership of at a later stage. And that you will dispose of that or, or that a beneficiary, I mean, you have to appoint a beneficiary yes. for your residual estate. Yes. If you don't appoint a beneficiary, then it, that area, the executor has to treat with it and there are other persons by virtue of the same intestacy rules yes. that would be entitled to benefit from it. Now... I'm sure you will have come across where persons often um, misunderst misunderstand the difference between wills and power of attorney. Yes. Right? Now, yes. Ex now briefly explain what is a power of attorney versus, versus a will. I mean, we know what is a will, but what is a power of attorney? A power of attorney is a legal instrument by which you, during your lifetime, and while you have mental capacity, give another individual, also called an attorney, not to be confused with yes. an attorney at law, you give that other individual the authority to act for you. It can be a limited power of attorney in that you can specify that this individual is empowered by virtue of this legal instrument that is registered to sign documents, to make deposits into your bank account, to sell your land, to um, do a number of things. You can you could specifically yeah. limit them to do any number of things, or you can do a general power of attorney. So whereas a will takes effect upon your death, a power of attorney only treats with during your lifetime and whilst you have mental capacity. Um, why that? Why is that so? Yeah. Because a power of attorney ceases to have validity if you lose mental capacity or upon your death, because one of the important features of a power of attorney is that the uh, person, the donee of the power, power, or the donor of the power, sorry, must be, be able to mind. ratify mm. whatever act is done by the attorney, the donee. Yes. So what does that mean? If I leave the jurisdiction and I wish to leave my mother or my sibling or somebody that I trust yeah. to treat with my affairs, I will give them a power of attorney. However, when I return, I must be able to say, yes, this was a valid act by the individual. They did not act outside of the scope of their power of attorney. Yeah. And that is what is meant by ratification. So quite obviously, if you lose mental capacity, um, or you die, the power of attorney lapses, lapses because you, don't, yes. you no longer have the capacity to ratify. And one of the main things, I mean, particularly with a will, is that the maker of the will or testator, testatrix, testatrix, <laughs> must be of sound mind. Yes. That is, that is equally important. They must be of sound mind. Yes. So that's one of the important uh, aspects of the attesting witness. The attesting witness must be able to say that they observed the individual sign freely yes. and it appeared to, that in, to them, they being two of them, yes. 
that the person was of sound mind and read over their will yes. and affixed their signature, they were not forced or coerced or um, otherwise threatened mm -hmm. to sign their will. Now, a signature can also be a thumbprint. Yes, because you there can. are instances there where there are instances where persons are illiterate or otherwise physically unable to sign their will. I've done a mm -hmm. will. I've done more than one actually yes. for. Uh, individuals who are in hospital. Usually when you've had some major health challenge and you find yourself at that point forced to contemplate your death, you call in the, an attorney to do your will. But you may find that you're so weak that you're unable to hold a pen. But that doesn't mean that you do not have the mental capacity. You are of sound mind because yes. you're able to express your intentions and to communicate your instructions yes. about what you want done with your assets but you are unable physically to hold a pen, it can be done by, by thumbprint. Marissa, you won't believe. There's so much to discuss with respect to wills. And we haven't even touched probate. <laughs> but time is up. Oh, that's time. Time, that's <laughs> time, very time, time is up. And Trinidad and Tobago, I mean, I know you have a lot of questions about wills, about the preparation, about, about probate. But I'm sure with, with good graces, Marissa will be back, right, to discuss further. Um, you have been watching Strictly Legal. Um, thank you very much, Marissa, for attending and, and giving of your of, of advice. Well, not advice, but information yes. to the public. Marissa is an attorney at law based in San Fernando, Gordon Street. And next week, we'll be back with more interesting discussions. I hope you enjoyed today, and I hope you got the much-needed information that you require. Thank you, and have a good day.